the Freed from the Real podcast is brought to you each week by PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and CapeFearGames.com. You can listen to us each week on PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and MTGCast.com. episode 167. I'll be one of your hosts, AJ. With me as ever is the delightful uh, Sebastian. Hey, everybody. And the delighted Kia. Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, how do you come up with these things every week? Yeah. Um, I wing it mostly. I'm hoping, I hope you have like an adjective board and you just like throw a dart at it before we get started. That's a nice idea. <laughs> Probably is I'm a Really terrible dart player. Oh, well. <laughs> Hence the adjective you choose. So let's uh, move on to the – speaking of uh, having a bit of a flutter, we've got an absolute metric ton of angels waiting for us in the Avacyn Resorts spoiler. By now, you should have seen everything. So let's just look over the last few uh, reveals, shall we? Uh, well, we've had some interesting cards uh, that have come up. Like you said, there's about – a billion angels um, from the incredibly unique and cool multicolored ones we talked about last week to some very functional ones uh, to some reprints like Archangel. To the downright, yeah, it fits into the theme, but why would you bother reprinting this card like Angel's Mercy? I, I will admit I did laugh the first time I saw Angel's Mercy, Angelic Wall, and Archangel because it's it's right sort of alley. nice. It's 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 nice to um, to see a. Um, an amusing reprint which fits into a set, if you will. Yeah, I have a soft spot in my heart for Archangel because uh, mm-hmm. I like really started playing like around the time of, like Mirage and like Visions, and Visions was for whatever reason like my favorite set in the world. And I remember you know opening and getting Archangel, and she's awesome because you've still got little kid syndrome. Here you have this huge. I mean, it's bigger than Sarah Angel, and Sarah Angel was awesome. Yeah. And the reprint from Wait, Archangel's actually oh really? I actually didn't know. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a card from Visions. It had sweet art too. Obviously I imagine it'll be new. Um but yeah, it was a rare from Visions and now it's been demoted to Uncommon, but Uncommon's kind of fitting and a five five for seven flyer with vigilance. Yeah, it's not too off the pe- beaten path for a white uncommon. They don't get five five very often, but if this if any set, this is a set for it. I mean, I, I've I've been looking over the angel list, and I've just you know really loved the the, the flavor of it all. Not, mm-hmm. sh- I mean, I understand why Miracle fits in, right? But I'm just like sort of annoyed that Miracle fits in. <laughs> it, it is what it is, though, I suppose. I'm quite looking forward to dabbling in Angelic Tribal at some point because some of these cards are just mad, and putting them together will be interesting to say the least. There's a lot of really cool uh, stuff in white. One that was talked about. Uh, this split a while back, and that's Cathar's Crusade. It's kind of interesting to me. I mean, it's granted a five-man enchantment. It's kind of expensive, but with token strategies, it could just turn out to be pretty bonkers. Um, mm. You know, the five-man enchantment. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield, you get a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. I'm looking at that, and I can't help but think of Martial Coup. Yeah, that's the uh, is that the X white white put tokens in play. Yep, which roths if you spend five mana on it. Yeah. So then you would blow up the entire board and have five six sixes. Seems that good. Runs, yes. Seems good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even I mean in type two, like you know, well type two, that's that's a throwback. In standard, you would have the potential to be abusive with it with uh, cards like uh, what is it, increasing devotion and gather the townsfolk, which yeah. becomes you know a two mana pair of three threes or again five six sixes for five mana. I really do quite like what it does to every creature you control. I mean, you stick that um, in an ally deck, and people will just frankly be annoyed with you. <laughs> yeah. No allies. Some other ones. One card that I think wins the award for what in the world weirdness aside from Angel of Mercy. Pretty much every set we tend, every block we tend to see some kind of weird counterspell variant. It's kind of narrow and kind of focuses specifically on maybe a theme of the block or some kind of mechanical matter. But Second Guess has really kind of gotten me on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, second Guess, for those of you who haven't seen it, is one in a blue instant counter-target spell if it was the second spell cast this turn. Oh, that God. is highly specific. That means like Second Guess has to be the third spell cast, right? Or like roughly speaking. Yes. Well, you could, you could have somebody cast two 
cast three spells and then cast the, counter the middle one. But uh, yeah, yeah. Now it does strike me that this is valid um, if werewolves is a deck. I mean, uh, yeah, that's that's because, oh, because people will actively be trying. You could be playing like perhaps a blue green werewolf deck with the anticipation that when your opponent your opponent will be trying to cast two spells and turn to flip, and you would have the opportunity to cast counter the second one. Your werewolves would still flip, but at least you'd get their um, spell. Yeah. It's also quite useful if somebody's trying to feel out if you've got a counter or not. If they play something cheap to try and bait it out, and if you don't, play, uh, and if you don't counter it, they play out something else. You can then counter the something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we want, and I, and kind of along those lines, the thing I thought about was that if you you could cast a spell, and then if your opponent does have the counter, you can second guess the counter. That also works. If you like, like you lead off with your spell, and they're like mental leak it, and you're like second guess your mental leak. And I guess it does have some use, especially with uh, Snapcaster Mage, because obviously with him in play, the the or with him, it would be the uh, second. Yeah, there's going to be a second spell cast in a turn. Rarely is he played as a crappy ambush viper, but still very interesting counterspell variant. It makes me worry about how much longer they can come up with variants like that. If that's what we have now, but a three mana third guess counterattack yourself as a third <laughs> third guess. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I, I honestly thought second guess was straight out of like an unhinged block. Yes. Um, or getting better counter target um, narrow counterspell. <laughs> target. Counter target spell which counters a spell with specific limitations on what spells it can counter. Counter target spell with the word if. Yeah. <laughs> if, <laughs> if this counter spell has an if in it, counter it. <laughs> Name it, Doug. You guessed? Question mark. Uh, we have to go deeper. <laughs> no. I think I think that's all we can do here. That's as much Inception counter spell as we can do. Yeah, I really one of my biggest hopes that we're returning to Rapticon. I just want to reiterate this: is that I hope we're not returning to Kamigawa anytime soon. Yeah. Well, if we do, we'll probably make it a lot better. Mm-hmm. Which is better, uh, Mirrodin or Scars? I don't know. That's a, that's a tough oh. one for me. I think. I, I mean, think... like, I, I think Mirrodin was actually better. I think Scars, uh, it was just more broken, in my opinion. Yeah, that, Mirrodin, Mirrodin, Mirrodin was way more powerful, obviously. Um, but I think, and that's, I think Scars is a more appropriate version of it. You know, they're fun, unique cards. I feel like there's a lot of really like crazy blowout rares for uh, limited in Avacyn Restored looking at it. Like, one I just saw that stuck out to me was Burn at the Stake. Yeah. Uh, two, red, red, red. And as an additional cost, you can tap any number of creatures you control. Yeah. And then you deal damage equal to the number of creatures you tapped times three. Yes. So if you've got <laughs> seven creatures in play, your opponent is dead. Yeah. Then again, if you've got seven creatures in play, your opponent is dead. Your opponent probably should be dead. But I'm just thinking, like, you get, you know, you hit, like, a two-drop and a three-drop and you Get a little bit of damage in, then you're like another creature, and then burn at the stake you for nine. <laughs> Doesn't seem fair. It seems hilarious, but not fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Imagine this with Eldrazi tokens. Yeah. True. Or just you know, yeah, token makers in general. If you're already playing tokens with Hellrider, then you're like you know, sneak in a few attacks, Hellrider, shoot a bunch of damage, and then to your face for lots. The other thing which comes to mind is Endric Sar. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He made a. You would make tokens by the cat card cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually pretty curious. Uh, I haven't really been looking at green that heavily in this set, but you just have to. I, I just have to believe that, given the number of like str- very strong upper level bombs there are, that there has to be a a fast strategy to ba- uh, counterbalance just having too many bombs, right? Probably. I think. Uh... I mean, yeah, it depends. Like, obviously, it's cool they reprinted Borderland Ranger. He's a great card for limited to fix things. Um, Champion of Lambhold really has me curious. That card seems really good, and it could sh- really see the sh- a shift towards um, playing green-white tokens. Yeah, or even green-white humans. Yeah, mm-hmm. green-white human tokens. <laughs> like it all. Uh, yeah, because that guy seems really potent to be able to just, like, completely shut your opponent's uh, creatures out of blocking. And himself getting crazy as the new turns go by. Yeah, you can set up some ridiculous um, uh, piles of creatures uh, with that in play. You can... Uh, there's, there's, there does seem to be certain, a certain um, strong put loads of counters on this creature theme in this set. There's at least... Uh, I think there's one in each colour. Or at least close enough. But you got a whole vampire theme anyway, but... Um, 
besides that, you have uh, that in green. You have the angel, which puts counters on itself when it attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, that's the one, is that one in blue? Keeper, right? When they... Exactly, yeah. And the angelic cost reducer is um, an interesting thing. If only it didn't cost five to get it into play in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> that seems kind of counter to... I guess you would hopefully get to the point where you'd be like, angel, angel, on my turn seven or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. What do you guys think of the remaining pieces of the land cycle that we now have? Um, that started with uh, Dark Ascension. Now that we have Alchemist Refuge, Desolate Lighthouse, and Slayer Stronghold. I see Alchemist's Refuge, and do you remember Winding Canyons? Yeah, exa- that's a, that's exactly what I thought of when I first saw that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those not in the know, Winding Canyons was a card back in the Mirage block where you paid two and tapped it to, uh, um, I believe it was just creatures, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was cre- creatures could be played as though they were instants. They had, well, now I would say, I guess I would say they, as though they had flash. Yeah. So this is a, a narrower but upgraded version of that for the same converted mana cost but much more stringent um, requirements. Blue, green, tap, and essentially you've just cast flash. That Yeah, that one has me worried more than any of them because I feel like that opens the floodgate to just have blue-green do-nothing dot deck come into existence. Mm-hmm. You know, which where you can still be aggressive with creatures because you can just sit back and hide behind counter spells. It's like, oh, you didn't have anything relevant to do this turn. Well, I'll flash out some guy. Yeah. Essentially, draw, go, elephant. Yeah. And, I mean, granted, I guess they already had that potential because they have that new card, uh, the Avenger, the three-mana 3-3 three, three with flash and regenerate. Mm-hmm. That guy's good. Yeah. That guy's a lot of fun, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, between between the green and blue have a ridiculous amount of flash in the set already. I mean, Snapcaster Mage isn't exactly um, well. There are let's just say there are worse um, invitational cards. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And there aren't very many better. Yeah, Bob's. Definitely. I think Bob's is only real competition. Uh, I would say Bob's better. Um, yeah. Yeah. We didn't bat an eye to that either. Yeah. Although it has to be said, there are not many areas where you could say Tiago Chan makes John Finkel look bad. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah very well, unfortunately, you know, a a weird looking atog also made John look bad. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> but um, I mean, I, I would say most of the invitational cards make John look bad, but yeah, that's well, not like a um, uh, yeah. No, what's uh, Ole Radio's card? The Sylvan Safekeeper. Oh yeah, no, that oh, was... No, but that was part of a. Wasn't that wasn't that used as part of a combo deck? I don't know, maybe once upon a time, but I mean, it certainly doesn't see any play anymore. And oh, yeah, I just remember like it was it was like part of some kind of like crazy combo deck or something like that. Yeah. I, I suppose you could use it. I don't remember that. Yeah. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. Just. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't really around back then, so I'm just having a grapevine. Uh, I'm actually curious to see if uh, what's it called the the winds of death, I believe, is a card. Um, the, oh, the 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 scalable removal spell. Yeah, the, yeah, I I think that card's great. Uh, We've had similar cards before. It's, there's no reason why it uh, wouldn't exist. I mean, yeah, uh, no, there was... I just I just thought it was like, oh, no, this is like this is like really I, I love like the unholy impact, like the death, the vital like harvest juxtaposed against the angels. Seems pretty yeah. cool to me. Uh, <laughs> well. They've, it's a nod to the original Pandora's box theme. It's the whole, uh, oh, look, we unleashed all these demons from this horrible thing, which was keeping them prisoner and away from tormenting people. Yes, there was an angel in there as well, but it's, it's sort of an inverse, really. It's more like, uh, um, and then hope poured out of the box, and uh, the one thing that was left in the bottom was a whole mass of demons. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of true, because uh, we do see a, a greater prevalence and emphasis on the, the hope than we do on the negatives. Mm. Yeah, pretty interesting stuff. Um, but by now, I'm sure every one of you guys have the full spoiler available to you, so you can check that out. Uh, we're, we're close. We have about 40 cards missing at the time of this recording. Um, but yeah, you know, check it out. Get excited. Lots of, lots of good stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly looking forward to it. Um, gentlemen, how about you? Enthused or... Uh, I'm, ex- I'm excited. I'm, 
I'm excited overall. I think it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty good set. It looks like it'll have some fun things. Um, it'll open up some strategies. It looks like cards will be playable, and hopefully it'll be a fun limited environment. You know, and of course remembering that it will be triple Avacyn restored uh, for limited. Yeah. I'm sure that'll be pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I'm actually excited for the set, but I'm not excited for what it will do to the current like card price economy because standard's going to remain the same, and it's and it's the summer's a standard PTQ, and I can just imagine people aren't drafting uh, you know, Avacyn restored, or or people are only drafting Avacyn restored. It might be cause some concerns, in my opinion. Yeah, and okay, we'll have to watch for um, the world wake problem. You know, if that springs up. Yeah, that's exa- that's actually exactly what I was thinking mm-hmm. was uh, that exact problem. Yeah. Fortunately, Soren Lord of Innistrad is not Big Jace. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And there's uh, hopefully no, I'm, the one I'd be more worried about would be Huntmaster. Um, yeah, that's 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 my big worry too. My my worry is that like you have a a card that sees four of in every deck, like Huntmaster, or not in every deck, but in the decks that play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and combined, it's like the prices. We may see a similar to a mythic type of price range, um, where decks cost a thousand dollars sometime this summer. It's my fear, uh, but you know. Uh, other than that, excited. That's just just a math fear. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, not a fear of having. You know, there are worse fears like sets being horribly underpowered and not good for the environment, or sets warping the yeah. formats to only being one deck and anti that deck. So. That's the worst fear. You can mitigate that by getting the cards you need now. Come oh, of the fails. Great card. Not format-defining at this point, I'd say. Yeah, that's true. We'll see what happens. Okay. Um, in some other news, we have a little bit going on. Uh, they have announced the May uh, Magic Online player rewards promos. That Yay. Kind of an interesting lot. Um, obviously, we still have the Time Spiral Land. They will continue for another month or two as the base yeah. promo. At tier three and four, we have Glacial Ray. These are these I think are the most annoying promos to me personally. Is when they do a promo of a card that's already in the new template, and it's just like I don't you know you, other than the little the watermark, you don't really get anything. Like at least like with older cards, you, when you get in the new template, that's something different. Whereas here, other than the set symbol and the watermark, there's really nothing different about it. And the other really thing is it's such a narrow and parasitic card. Yeah, and the other thing is it's Glacial Ray. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so then tier five and six, we have Master's Call, which could have been a good card, potentially, um, for its ability to be a non-artifact card that creates artifacts, um, and would have been usable in, like, some kind of combo deck that goes and digs up Blightstone Colossus, but it is, uh, yeah, the three-mana instant that makes two colorless mirror tokens, and it has a new art, at least, which is kind of cool, but... Yeah, I think the trouble is it was printed immediately before a bunch of token creators which make flying tokens mm-hmm. for slightly cheaper and or slightly more flashbacky. Yeah. And then at the the very top tier, we'll skip over seven and eight for now. The the very top we get the Royal Assassin promo, which was given out the JSS. Pretty sweet art um, on Royal Assassin, even if he's not the best of cards these days. The interesting uh, one. He... Sorry, go ahead. Royal Assassin still sees um, a fair amount of casual play. He's, he's always one of those cards where uh, um, you get a tapper, you get this guy, you're just sitting back and smiling. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. And he's, he's a very flavorful card and a cool card, in my opinion, when you think about it, because I think they did really good with him in the early days. He's like, oh, this creature sent out to attack you. He comes in, he's like, oh, cut the throat, and we're done. Yep. So the interesting thing about the Magic Online Player Rewards promos for the May release is that the Tier 7 and 8 promo is the Textless Mana Leak. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, which is a promo that has been previously released on Magic Online through the Player Rewards. I'm, I'm split on this because, A, on the one hand, it's Textless Mana Leak, and that's a great card, and I'm, you know it's gotten up there in value, and it's obviously a card that you can continue to use, so it'll be good that those get out there more. But there are some people who are pretty upset that you're reissuing a promo card when there are tons and tons and tons of promos on the client that have yet to be released, and to do so at such a high tier. What, what tier was the original Mana uh, release? You know, I honestly don't. I, I mean, I'm sure some someone has that documented somewhere on some kind of wiki page or something to that effect. I really don't know uh, what it was released at the first time. 
probably fairly high. Um, yeah, it's it will a be very good card. Well, yes, it's currently a standard as well. So, uh, yeah. if you want a picture of a um, fairly orientally robed uh, gentleman wearing a um, frankly ridiculous hat, yeah, I, might, I was going to say, looking at looking at it, I would say it probably was released sometime around the time of, of Kamigawa Block. <laughs> no, just really, looking, looking at just looking at the art. <laughs> It could be argued they're just trying to appeal to um, what is popular out of what's been done so far. That's true. I mean, they're not putting, you know, Windseeker Centaur back in the rotation, so... Don't give them ideas for next week. <laughs> yes. Please do not do that. Also All right. true. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, also in the news we have um, Blippi the Slug, one of a, uh, the Magic community members, is going to be hosting a memorial tournament for Eric. Uh, yep. I've been writing about it in his articles. If you check out the Overdriven article that comes out every week on uh, Pure MTGO, he is hyping it like crazy right now. And they've got a lot of people signed up, but it's going to take place on Friday, May 4th. And there will be two events, one timed for people in the U.S. and one timed for people in Europe. Yep. Uh, if you want to register, all you have to do is send a message uh, to Flippy the Slug or to Kumagoro, um, underscores on both ends of that. You can also join HamCon. Um, to be to into registration there. So. It's uh, the prize support is truly unbelievably massive for this tournament. Uh, lots of people who've um, uh, made interesting pledges with various um, uh, requirements to uh, uh, win the prize. The best uh, place red deck wins deck will get a plateau in each event thanks to individual donations. Um, <laughs> in the spirit of that, I put forward. Um, a set of foil uh, circular protection reds to anybody who loses <laughs> to red deck wins in all four rounds. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm currently working through. I'm trying to figure out, uh, trying up some stuff to give away that'll be thrown into the prize support. But just looking at it, I mean, this is one of the highest expected value Magic tournaments other than um, probably Magic Online Championship Series and PTQs. I think this has got to be one of the highest EV tournaments available to uh, Magic Online players. And it's absolutely free to enter. Yeah, This is the highest EV PRE in Magic history. <laughs> Certainly Magic Online. So where do we sign up again? <laughs> uh, you just message uh, Blippy the Slug. Uh, if you want to register for the US event, that's B-L-I-P-P-Y the Slug, all one word. And say, hey, I want to sign up for the event. And he will put you on there and he will send you the Google Doc, which will have all the information there. You can also check out his article. Um, I think it comes up on like Wednesday or Thursday, and he's got information there about when it is, how the prize is broken down, all the current people who have uh, pledged uh, prize support, and there's a lot of stuff in there. So highly suggest you check it out. It's going to be the classic format, um, since Eric was a big fan of that. So get out there, get practicing, and give it a shot. Yeah. I wonder if people yeah. remember uh, if I wonder if people remember just how much of a fan we were of classic. Um, mm. But then realized that classic is not a great format. And <laughs> a little like overpowered at times. <laughs> Just a bit. Yeah, I was helping. I was playtesting with a buddy of mine because uh, he was he wanted to play. He's like, Just, you know, throw together a deck or whatever. So I did, and he was just goofing around with red deck win, and he was like, you know, lightning bolt you and lava spike you. I'm like, cool. Turn two, tinker, go get light steel colossus, go. He's like, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Not much I can do there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I think the funnier thing that happened recently uh, was uh, I, I built a reputation in class right from the beginning where basically um, if you couldn't beat me, then you, there was a problem with your deck. Because I'll, I'll just play the red deck win deck all the time. It was just hilarious. <laughs> it would frustrate a lot of people, especially uh, Danger Linto Mike was just annoyed that he uh, he changed my... my uh, What's it called? my my title and profile picture on classicquarter.com to fire blast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a pretty cool, I mean, cool format, a cool tournament, lots of prizes. There'll be donations uh, given out to Hammybot. So, yeah, good stuff all around and a good way to celebrate a man who gave a lot to the community. Speaking of uh, Hammybot, Sebastian, you got a bit of an update for us on that? Yeah, so uh, there's been a lot of clamoring about Hammybot. Mostly because we've told too many people, and then people tell to people, and then all of a sudden, 
the things that we've we were trying to like work slowly become big news. Uh, so we've we've basically what we've done is we've broken down Hammy, Hammy's collection into two parts. This is a long time, so long in fact that we've said screw it and decided to um, remove just the uh, what's it called the mis- two misprint cards, the Siege Game Commander and the Ambush Commander, and put every other card on Hammybot. Uh, for those, this you'll have an official announcement when the bot goes up in the next few days. But <laughs> what we're going to end up seeing is. A, uh, a bot where all of your purchases, which could be made with either uh, uh, MTGO Traders credit or tickets, will go straight into Bruce's fund and then also help out for suicide awareness. We're still working on the details, but that is what okay. it is. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Good stuff. So uh, be on the lookout for announcements about that. Okay. okay. Well, that kind of covers all of our news, so we're going to jump over to prices. And I figured since we have a new set coming out, we would go ahead and do a little Avison Restored price guessing game. All right, so here we go, players. What we're going to do, I'm going to give you a card name, and I want you to tell me the opening price uh, that we're going to be looking at in your guesstimation uh, once the release events get rolling. So let's start off. First one, Avison, Angel of Hope. AJ? Well, what we've got here is a essentially reanimation target, which gives everything you've got indestructible, flying, vigilance, 8-8. So basically it's... Really hard to get around. Um, you can probably path it, or um, in modern, I suppose. But in standard, there's not that many ways of dealing with it in standard. Um, a few sacrifice effects. You've got barter and blood reprinted. Um, I'll place an opening bid. Well, plus it's a legend. Um, probably <laughs> quite popular in Commander. Twelve-ish, fifteen-ish. 12 to 15-ish. You're starting to sound like the uh, the Sicilian from The Princess Bride. Here, you're, like, talking yourself in circles. Mm. Fortunately, I have built up an immunity to wire game powder. There you go. Sebastian? There you go. Amazon? I, so I guess the question is, is, are we talking about pre-release prices or, like, release prices? you got to no, give me a week. Let's, okay, let's say about, like, uh, a day or two after release events have started. So, like, okay. we usually so start on that- Wednesday, so what are we looking at by Friday? So in that case, I, I try trying to get some like marginal uh, advantage above AJ's you know ridiculous judging skills, and I'm I'm going to lowball him and say 11. So that I'm going to take 11 and below. So that that'll be me. 11 and below. Okay. Good deal. <laughs> All right. Tamanoa the Moon Sage, our Kamigawa Planeswalker. Bastion. Mm-hmm. I have to go first now. This one I think will definitely open up around 25. 25. Yeah, I think that's I think that's around the price that the other planes other planeswalkers have opened up. Is that about right? Yeah, uh, thereabouts. And so I think like because of that, I think it'll open up around the same amount and it'll drop really quickly. So like, if you can wait, please do. Mm. AJ, Have I you? think by I think a couple of days after the release has started, this thing will be twenty and heading south fast. Mm-hmm. It's um, basically a five mana. Lockdown effect, which um, I, I remember how effective um, a Johnny Vengeance could be, but the ultimate for this and the second rank ability are much less likely and/or viable. This is not a card which has much inherent benefit unless you build around it. Yeah, I tend to agree, and I think uh, in that same vein, I'm going to say even a little bit lower at least to start out because she doesn't have that many applications. I'm going to guess about 17. Mm-hmm. Next up, uh, the big bad time walk sort of temporal mastery. AJ, mythic spell. Um, I think probably anybody who plays classic will at least try to uh, nab it for the brainstorm uh, combo. I'd say round about another twelve. You say twelve? Yeah, I'd say twelve. All right, Sebastian. I actually know exactly what price I'm going to say, but I, I, I want to match AJ's um, thought process here <laughs> and make sure I, I don't seem like I'm not thinking at all. I honestly think it'll, it'll probably be around that price as well. I would say about 10, uh, but it's a mythic, right? So It is a mythic. Um, add 5 to that, 15 um, is, is the price I'm going to put up there. Okay. It's, it's not very good, though. <laughs> yeah. And I think people will realize that sooner than later. Yeah. It's more rambling. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, so I'll I'll give it a shot here on the rambling. So it's a pretty good card. Uh, looking at time walk, that's that card's about depending on condition anywhere from eighteen hundred to six hundred dollars. So 
So given that, what percentage of time walk do I think this card is? <laughs> yes. Okay, that, that method's not going to work. So, no, I'm going to guess. Let's. Uh, there's a lot of hype around it, but some people are like, eh. So I'm going to say, I'm going to edge you out a little bit. I'm going to say 60. Next up, we got our big bad demon friend who draws lots of cards, Gristlebrand. Sebastian? Oh, Gristlebrand, man. Gristle, so Gristlebrand's an interesting card because I actually think Gristlebrand's one of the few cards that actually will go up in price over time from the cards yeah. we've, uh, we've mentioned. Um, I like The other cards, I feel like people will realize that they really don't fit into the archetype. They really aren't good here and there. I think like Gristlebrand actually may see play in some kind of like mono black deck. And I've seen a lot of that in the, in the two-man queues I've been doing recently. And so, uh, but, but I think it'll open up around eight. Um, it's, a, it's a mythic, right? It is a so, myth. Yeah. yeah, these are all mythic yeah, yeah. to start. I'll tell you when we get to the rares. <laughs> eight or nine, I would say, is, is where it starts off. I don't think a lot of people will um, jump to it as, as AJ may think. Okay, AJ, what are you, oh. your thoughts? Sebastian's right. I do think people will recognize the inherent value as something which can draw you seven cards and be reanimated, um, well, in standard as early as turn three in uh, uh, modern, even earlier, possibly. Yeah, how great is that, right? You, you, re- you reanimate, just just seven life, and you draw so many cards. Yeah. That, and you've suddenly got a lifelink 7-7 flyer, which, if you think about it, hit your opponent three times, he's dead, and you've got, unless you activate his ability enough to draw your deck, which you would have enough life to do, I'm th- I'm thinking at least 14 on this thing. 14. Impressive legend. It will make a big splash in um, commander formats. 14 and, right uh, out of the gate. Ooh, that's right out of the gate. Yeah, that's, well, he's a mythic. He's I he's mean, a mythic with a fairly impressive ability. He's he's going to be big. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I kind of agree. I'm not sure. My only concern is I don't feel like you need four of them because he only fits into two decks. That's reanimator and mono black control. Given the four black mana that it's required to cast them, and I don't feel like in either deck you want to play four copies of them. And for Commander, you only need one. So I'm going to split you guys. I'm going to say uh, 11 to 12 would be my guess. Starting out. We'll see what happens. Alright, mm-hmm. our last big baddie uh, in the Mythic category, and that's Tybalt the Blood Fiend. Two mana Planeswalker. AJ, what you thinking? On the one hand, two mana Planeswalker. On the other hand, eh, two mana Planeswalker. Okay. Mediocre. <laughs> His abilities are... Potentially good, but actually, you're probably not going to get up there. On the other hand, he is the cheapest planeswalker ever printed, and cheap planeswalkers tend to see a lot of play because they a can be played and b are one of the hardest to remove creature types. Random discard is something which is a big turnoff for most players. It's an aspect of red most people don't like. Unpopular planeswalker, I'd say low as eight. Low as eight? Wow, really? Okay, Sebastian. Yeah. Uh, he's a planeswalker, right? He is a planeswalker. Yeah, so I don't need to know anything more. Fifteen. Fifteen. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, I agree with the points that AJ's making. The, the abilities are a overrated, etc. But there's no such thing as a bad planeswalker. Hmm. So far. Um, so maybe, maybe this will be the, what about the time. But. The Sarkins? Yeah, even Sarkin saw a lot of play, though. Well, Sarkin the uh, Mad did. Did Sarkin Vol ever see play? Yeah. yeah occasionally, yeah. Um, but yeah, did Chant of the Firebrand ever see play? Yeah. Yeah, she actually did, surprisingly. I'm telling you, man, like, there's, I, I racked my head, and so this might be the question for the week, you know, like, if you guys, any of you guys remember a bad Planeswalker, or like a Planeswalker that saw zero play. Um, I remember Sarkin, Sarkin Vols saw a lot of play in red-green beat stacks, just as a plus one, plus one haste to speed up your creatures. Crazy. Because um, they played big, big, um, big creatures, you would steal a creature, if they have one block, you steal the creature, you beat in. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's ridiculous, and I think Sarkin the Sarkin Vol, even in Shards of Alara, once went up to fifteen at some point. Uh, yeah, that's that's just how ridiculous Planeswalkers are. And like, even though I think Tibalt makes a great case for being an awful, awful Planeswalker, you gotta give him the benefit of the doubt from his card type. You just gotta give him a benefit of the doubt. It's uh, it is what it is. It's it's like if you see a two mana like if you see a one mana counter spell, it may never see any play, but it'll still be worth something, right? So. Nissa Ravan. Yeah, Nissa saw play. There was a green deck. Yeah, there was a great uh, Nissa deck that... Uh, with her and uh, Eldrazi Monument. Yeah, mm-hmm. true story. I do remember that. Right. <laughs> nice try, though, AJ. That was it's a pretty bad Planeswalker, so it could have worked. Uh, yeah, for me, again, God, man, I, I kind of do like this card. I'm just not sure how functional he is in most red decks. And obviously, he's limited exactly to red decks. Uh, yeah, I think I'll go ahead and I'll side with Sebastian. I'm going to say 1501, Bob. Uh, Okay, moving on down to the rares. First up, Carnival of Souls. 
land that stops counter spells. I'm hoping it'll be low, but I fear it won't be because it really does waste mana leak, and uh, there are quite a few um, decks which uh, are at least somewhat tribal in uh, sound at the moment. So I, th- I fear the most common use will be setting it to human and using it to play out Delver and uh, Snapcaster without fear <laughs> of reprisal. Yeah, I love that. They're like, this is this is a good answer for Snapcaster, and it's like I think Snapcaster is just going to use it. This is a good answer for Snapcaster. It's kind of like when they printed Middle Mess Step. It's like, ah, oh, now blue decks, you can, now non-blue decks can counter. It's like, yeah, or blue decks yeah, can just counter more. Yeah. Giving giving the giving the weapons of um, trying to defeat a card to an individual card tends to end badly. I reckon this will be high. This will be. We're talking. Probably it's only a rare though, so about yeah, I'd say ten. Ten, all right. Uh, Sebastian, are we talking about the same land? Yeah, it's the taps for you come into play and you name a creature type. Taps for colorless, or you get one of any color to cast that creature and it can't be countered. Yeah, no. So I was thinking about this, and I actually don't think it's that great. In my opinion, I mean, I just, I just, I feel like it's a little bit high from what AJ's saying. To be honest with you, I think. Uh, ten is a little high. I'll, I'll start with seven, eight. Seven, um, eight. Seven to eight, yeah. Uh, and and the reason why is uh, I, th- I think AJ, like you have like a strong bias for tribal, right? Uh, I'm also de- thinking. I'm also thinking back to historic cards. Um, uh, Besage, who uh, who shelters all, was legendary. Came into play, tapped, and cost you life, and was still really pretty high on the um, uh, scale. Yeah, but the thing is, like Besage, you like. Made other more important spells on Counterfall. Yeah. Uh, would you say, whereas this thing makes Titans uncounterable? Yeah, but Titans don't see play anymore. So. I see a little play, and the problem Perhaps is, they will now. yeah, they could. I mean, they could, and it'll be hard because they rotate. But uh, yeah, I can see your point. I'm kind of on the fence on the card. I I initially thought it sucked, but that's because I didn't realize it could tap for colorless mana, and so I was like, oh, okay, so not as bad as I thought. Um, but it is a rare in what's going to be a big set. It's going to be opened a lot. And so even op- starting out, I feel like some people would be like, I don't need that. It's only for certain decks, um, especially if you're not playing a strong tribal team. It can kind of get in your way sometimes. I'm going to say five and six. Although I will say this. How many cards in standard, how many decks in standard play creatures? Like all of them. Case rests. <laughs> I rest I mean, they- my case. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is that, like, uh, they also play somewhat weird mana base. Like, honestly, it's, it's funny to say, but the, the card will probably see play in, like, a blue-black control deck, and they'll name Sphinx and <laughs> roll out their, uh, you know, their, their like, five, seven Sphinx. Sphinx. Consecrated yeah. Sphinx, just um, so they can't get countered in mirror matches. And I think that's what's, what, where I'll see most of its play, in my opinion. Interesting, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Like, uh, I don't think red-green decks will be able to play it. It's just, it would screw with their mana base. I don't think blue-white yeah. decks will be able to play it. Uh, they could name Spirit, but even then, it just wouldn't be worth it to them. Uh, they need automatic. Do you ever see green decks where you have those in your opening hand? You have like two of those in your opening hand and a bird and something else. And it's like, damn it, I have to name a bird with this card. Uh, Silverblade Paladin. Three mana, two, two. Grants a lot of double. Kind of grants triple strike, essentially, because it gives himself another creature double strike. Um, I like this card. It's pretty interesting. I think he'd make a big splash in human decks. I'm going to say uh, four to start on this guy as a regular rare. I reckon he's not going to be that high, uh, not, not not up to four, certainly. Um, he is good, he will see play, um, double strikes, a very potent ability, but uh, bear in mind he's... Um, how much did um, uh, the original uh, double strike granting knight go for? Which was only a single mana more, but had less in terms of colour requirements, and was in the third set of a small set, or the second set of a um, two-set block. It, uh, not too much, yeah, so... Yeah, this this only gives double strike to one other creature. Uh, yeah, Kinsler Cavalier was the original. This this gives double strike to one other creature. It's cheaper. It's playable. Um, essentially, it's uh, when this comes into play, uh, grant your um, two drop, hopefully lethal uh, double strike. So yeah, I'd say just two or three at most. Two or three, okay. The back. Uh, you know, it's beginning of, beginning of the uh, set times are uh, generally harder to come by, right? So, um, I, I'd say I, I'd say like four or five. 
Um, I think that's pretty standard for most of the cards I have here. They're all good. All the cards we're naming are very good, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, Terminus are potentially top deck in one mana wrath. Yeah. Four or five. It's it's a dunce. The thing is, like, if when you have such highly expensive uh, mythics, what ends up happening is that the other stuff gets a little bit cheaper. And then, like, I think Terminus is actually a very good card, but. AJ? Two days after release, we're talking about the set Roth. And a Roth you can effectively play for one mana. So two turns of a um, uh, something along the lines of the old Elf Combo decks, if there is another one of those which comes up, or even if your opponent's just gone Delver, Delver, Delver. Hmm. Yeah, how's it like, gone Delver, Delver, Delver? I'm pretty sure you've lost already. And you're like, how you, how's this for revealing a sorcery or instant? Delver, 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 Roth, opponent scoops, pretty much. I'm, I'm saying this, this is, this is going to be strong. This is going to be a couple of days after release. We're talking six to eight range. Six to eight, yeah. Okay, and I kind of agree. I was going to say uh, seven to eight, so I would tend to agree with you there. In the very early days, like before there's a heavy amount in the system, I think a lot of people are going to want it and want to try it, so I think it'll be up there. Potential chance to revive Mono Red with Archwing Dragon, a four-mana, four-forward haste that keeps coming back to your hand and smacking them in the head again. Yay. <laughs> uh, it's, it's really what Red needs. I'm just going to go ahead and go first here, because I, I think this is one of those cards where I looked at it and I was like, okay, um, Hellrider is the card that's in the four-man slot right now. This card may be better than Hellrider. It's hard to say. And so I, I'd say this starts up around like four to five as well, and go from there. Uh, yeah, I, I like this card a lot. I feel like Hellrider doesn't exactly fit into the uh, that well into most red decks. Um, I feel like it's more of a white card, like more of a token deck card than it is more of a red card. Um, my only concern that with Archwing Dragons is that if they have lingering souls, it can just chump for days. But I still like the potential for the card, um, and I'm a big fan. So I am going to say, I'm going to say six to start out. This is Viashino Sand Skimmer with evasion <laughs> and slightly more expensive cost. Why well, got to rain on our parade, AJ? <laughs> because I played Magic a lot and remember a lot of the cards. This is. <laughs> Yes, it's yes, it's decent, but it's it's essentially an uncommon with an extra couple of points of toughness and evasion. True, evasion is useful in this sort of card, but it's not that powerful. It's not it's not ZOMG. This will always win me every game. It, it's it's I'm I'm gonna say four. You're gonna say four? Okay, all right. I love how, I love how reactions being, are so different. Yeah, our price ranges are just about the same. Yeah, I was I was expecting like a two after that reaction. Like, yeah, I exactly. was First couple of days of release, and a lot of people will think as you do. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, another potential card to help revive red, and that's Vexing Devil. Uh, AJ, you want to start us off? This one's going to be pretty big. Yeah. This is um, this is essentially Lava Spike Plus, if you will, at worst. Worst case scenario, you've just Lava Spiked your opponent. Best case scenario, you've just targeted your opponent with a red discard spell, uh, on his removal, it's a good card. It's something which um, he has to either spend a card or spend uh, four life on. And um, I've got so many evil plans for this uh, coming up, but it's 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 going to be it's going to be steep. It's going to start pretty high. I reckon at least seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think um, it's going to be good. I think there's going to be split camps about him because it really only goes into mono red. And half people don't like it. Um, I'm going to say it's going to get sold a lot. The price is going to drop really quickly. So I'm going to put it about five um, after the first couple days. I think it will start at seven as soon as it comes out. But I think people that want them will quickly get them. And we'll see the price drop. Sebastian? Um, is it playable? Yes. Is there a deck, deck archetype for it? Yes. Is it, but is it only a rare? Yep. In that case, fine. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really sad to say. But I, I preferred back in the old days when like stat, rare prices had more um, more variety. They don't anymore. As far as that goes, let's move on to our question of the week. Now that we have pretty much the whole set, what are the top five Avacyn Restored cards for you? Uh, looking at it for myself, just in no particular order, uh, obviously I have Vexing Devil on the list. I like him. Archwing Dragon, I feel like he's got some kind of place in red, hopefully, to help make him, make him get there. Uh, Terminus, just because I think it's a really good card and we'll probably see play. It'll be a good idea to have those. Cavern of Souls is on my list because I do love lands. Uh, they're pretty much the first rares cards I try to get when the set comes out. And then an interesting one, very small card, but I think it'll have a big impact, and that's Pillar of Flame. 
Um, this is, I believe it's a common. It's a one red mana sorcery. It deals two damage to target creature or player. And if that card would go to the graveyard, you exile it instead. And just thinking about it, I feel like some of the roadblocks for red, that can really help a lot. Because it does a lot right now. Um, you can get rid of Geralt's messengers and have them go away permanently. Strangle root guys go away forever. Doom travelers don't leave behind a spirit token. You can exile creatures so they can't be exiled with more land haunt. I feel like it's a pretty good card right now. AJ? I'm leaning towards uh, Sigarda Host of Herons, which is the 5 5 for 5 um, Mythic Angel with Hexproof, Flying, Spells and Abilities your opponent's control can't cause sacrifice permanence. Do you remember Sphinx of Jar Isle? Uh, yeah, the seven, the 5 5 with Shroud and Flying and all that. Yep, for 6 mana. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is 1 mana cheaper, has uh, better Hexproof, and your opponents can't edict you for anything. And Barter and Blood just got reprinted. Yeah. This is, it's a troll angel. It, it just really is an angel which your opponent looks at and thinks, how do I remove this? Yeah, that's got the worst mental image when you said troll angel. Like that did, ugh. <laughs> what the? <laughs> Why'd you have to share that? Now I have that. <laughs> I'm going to suffer everyone suffering with me. We yep. apologize to our listeners for the awful mental image I'm sure you're getting yeah. right on now. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's going to be up there. Definitely Terminus. Terminus is going to be way up there. Also pretty big impact making. Let's go for um, Vexing Devil is going to be big in uh, red decks. Um, maybe a controversial blue uh, view, but uh, that will happen. Gizzlebrand in Reanimator will break sets. Uh, Demon, which causes you to sacrifice uh, um, uh, Demonic Taskmaster, the 4-3 um, for 3 with Flying. Oh yeah, that because good. yeah, you could you could play a, um, a blue black control deck, sit behind that guy, swing through the sky, and just not have any problems. I will have a distinct disadvantage to our listeners, so I'm going to hold withhold my judgment here because uh, I don't have I don't know what the last forty cards are. I've you know I've been looking at sets more holistically re- recently. And so I'm just very happy with like how the sets turned out so far. But I mean, if you really want my troll answer, it'd be like Angelic Wall. Archangel, Angel's Mercy, Fireborg Explorer. Killing me. Killing me, Sebastian. <laughs> what's, what's the last one? There's there's one more really dumb card in this set. Oh, Renegade Demon. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, no, I mean, I just don't understand the use, or, or like Furious Poltergeist. Like, what's the point at this point, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I understand the need for, like, near uh, vanilla cards. You know what I'm saying? Like, cards are almost vanilla. Like, have one ability, have one this or that, right? Mm-hmm. I just don't understand the need for cards that are completely vanilla. Um, like, Stingerbore. It's not, it's, it may see play in limited, maybe. But at, at that at like, that form matter point, like, you might be able to cast a much better spell. I don't know yet. So. Yeah, like, Russet Wolves was, um, well, I said, a form mana 3-3. Three, three. I'm just like, here's a hill giant. What's up? Yeah, yeah. It just makes a ton of sense to me. I, I I remember one of my favorite parts about Zendikar was that the two mana two one vanilla cards had abilities. They weren't vanillas, right? They they had some unique thing about them that differentiated the two ones from each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's I mean I, I'm I'm sure there's someone out there being like oh like Smash doesn't understand anything about like card design and yeah I don't and so <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, a, right. I'm a complaint. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. We're good. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just my two cents. It's um, I just love the flavor of some of these cards, and but there are cards where it just really confound me, and so I don't mean the counterspell. Yeah. Also, another narrow conditional counterspell. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So that'll just that'll pretty much wrap us up for this week. Uh, AJ, what you been playing? I've been dabbling with Manticores um, in Tribal. And actually doing quite well with them, mainly because of the uh, uh, slightly cheaty exploit of sticking them in a deck with um, Life from the Loam, Seismic Assault, uh, Burning uh, Grove of the Burn Willows, and Punishing Fire. How are how are? I wonder how Manticores are different from Masticores. Manticores are all coloured, most mostly red based, um, and don't cause you to discard cards. Uh, most of them have got an ability which affects attacking or blocking, and most can fly. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I honestly 
thought you guys you were making like a um, like a Greek myth reference or Egyptian myth reference here. So I looked it up and then realized Masticor doesn't actually exist outside of Magic. So. Yeah, Masticors are not real. Yeah, <laughs> they're not real. Although, as because, we said, Magic by the Romanticors. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? They're totally real. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. oh dear. Okay, Sebastian, what have you been playing? I've been playing standard. It's it's fun to be playing at competitive level again. It's, but it's I've had to slow myself down, you know, myself from making play mistakes, which is annoying. I love playing absurdly fast. The faster you play, the more games you can get in. So that's that's how I feel. That's how I used to play Red Deck Wins. You can play, you you played one game in an hour. I played four. Yeah. <laughs> like you you didn't have lunch in the PTQ. I did. Uh, as for myself, I really didn't get to play this much this weekend, actually, because I was busy with real-world stuff. I got engaged uh, this week. Yay! Um, and as a side effect of that, uh, didn't have much time to play Magic, because um, I was busy having to call everybody on the planet, every family member, and do all that kind of stuff. So I had to kind of take the week off, but for good reasons, and you know, I'll get back on the horse as soon as I can. Oh, I mean, that's but that's awesome. It's It's definitely worth it, and unfortunately, from what I can tell, your magic play only decreases from here on out. Yeah, exactly. It's all magic careers all downhill from here. So that makes me wonder what she, what she thinks of the game. Yeah, she's she's okay with me playing it up to a certain point. No interest herself, and she understands that I enjoy it and I I have a lot of fun. It's good you know, good for me. But yeah, after a while, she might come over and like close the program, shut down the computer, and be like, "You're done." It's like, I was in the top. I was I was in the finals of PTQ. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, and and she knows. Like I'm like I'm like I talked to her. I'm like I'm gonna play this big tournament on this day, and so you should do something other than plan on talking to me because that won't. <laughs> but those are few and far between. So we we have a good compromise. So we're all good. All right. Well, I believe that would do it for this week's edition of the podcast. Tune in next week when we'll talk about something. I guess hopefully maybe there'll be another set that can come out that we can talk about. Probably magic. <laughs> it is possible we might talk about magic. Yeah, maybe. We'll sneak that into the conversation somewhere. Until then, enjoy your mental images of troll angels. Have a good week, everybody. All right, later, guys. <laughs>